Hello, Mountain Friends. How are we? Can we do what we sometimes do and welcome everybody in at all of our campuses? We get to do this together. That's awesome. Uh, we're glad you're with us wherever you are. Some of us are joining online, and so hello to you in your pajamas with the flu at home. We're, we're glad that you're with us as well. So I've never, I've never done it myself, but I have talked to people who have uh, done trapeze. You've seen it in the circus yourself. You've seen it on TV. There's, there's a moment where, where there's these two people swinging on those big things high above the ground. You know what I'm talking about? There's that moment when there's a catcher who's like hanging on by his knees upside down with his arms coming out. And he comes towards you, and he goes away. And he comes towards you, and he goes away. And he comes towards you. And then you're over here swinging. And you come together, and you come down, and you come together, and you go apart. And there comes a moment where, as a swinger, you got to go for it. You, you, you got you to gotta decide, am I going to keep swinging and clinging over here, or am I going to let go and take a faith flyer and go for it? And it's a defining moment, and then that moment comes, and you got to take a flyer, and there you go. You got to commit. You know the moment, right? It's kind of exhilarating from what I understand. And the first-timers will say, the first time you do it, oh my gosh, it's very, very scary, but it's also awesome because of what you experience. As you can imagine. Now, now let's be honest, I've never done that. I don't plan on doing it. I'll just watch. Thank you very much. I'll, uh, don't dare me on that one. Um... I'm happy to have other people be the thrill seekers on that particular thing, and that's fine. But here's the deal. If we're not careful, we can kind of go at our faith in God in the same way as my attitude. I'll leave the dramatic and something exciting uh, to someone else. I'll just watch. And I'll keep swinging and clinging the way I am with what I've got, who I am, and how I do things. I'll just leave all that other exciting stuff to someone else. But see, friends, Jesus doesn't call us to that kind of faith. He really doesn't. He didn't live that kind of life. And when he invited followers to come with me, he was saying, come with me to something Come with me. He's, he's coming in to, to, to invite you to come with him on something that's very, very different than what we might think. So you, you don't have to get on a trampoline or a trapeze or, or go rock climbing or anything like that. But you are meant to have defining moment with God after defining moment after defining moment where you, where you, you exemplify daring trust and bold faith. Radical, radical commitment to God where you let go of what you're swinging and clinging on and right now and say, I'm going to trust God. And it might be a little scary. Of course it will at first, especially the first time. But it's going to be awesome if God is who he says he is. And I hope that you have a defining moment today. I hope that you do. Where, where you, you let go of whatever's holding you back. You take a faith flyer in a way. Trust God in some crucial areas of your life. 
because you know that God is the one who's the catcher on the other side. Maybe you're like me, and you can sense in your life, if you think about it, several areas, maybe even one dominant area where you can sense God has been kind of coming in and coming in, and now he's right here now saying, come on, where there's an opportunity for you to trust him and to move forward. That's what this series, Take the Dare, is all about, where we're just trying to say, what would it look like for us to respond to those nudges of God and the Holy Spirit's promptings to trust him in all the ways that he is leading us to? So later in the service, we're going to, I'm going to, first of all, we'll have a really cool announcement about the Aberdeen campus, which I think will be, I think is awesome. Um, but then after that, we're, we're going to close our service with just a time of worship and surrender and commitment where all of these things we've been talking about over recent weeks, we bring to the Lord and, and just go for it and make a commitment to trust God in our faith, with our finances, with our whole lives. What an awesome moment that will be. So the D-A-R-E kind of spells out some of the ways that we've been talking about um, trusting God. And so I invite you to rethink some of those. We'll put them on the screen here. The E stands for encountering God in a fresh way. So that our relationship with God is fresh and current so that anything we're doing in our life comes out of an authentic place of encountering God in a fresh way. And so some of us have not been walking toward God. We need to change direction and walk toward God. Others of us need to do a better job of walking really with God. And I hope you're one of the ones who's made a commitment to get scripture intake in your life four times every week because it'll change your life. That's a dare, four times a week. And some of us are walking with others as we, as we encounter God in a fresh way. And I know several hundred more have joined into the Rooted experience and you're in a small group, some of you, and others of you are still getting ready to take that dare. And R stands for reach out to someone as we just kind of pray for one. Who's your one? Who's your one? Where you're praying every day, God, just today, would you show me someone I could share your love with? Someone who's far from you, doesn't understand you, so that you, God, would open a door and you would be able to see it and go through it for a, a conversation or an invitation that could be made. Because you you're not afraid. You're going to go for it. Let God use you in that way. And A stands for ask God. Like, ask God, God, what do you want me to give to you through Mountain in 2020? That, that you would show yourself and the world that you know there's nothing that proves your faith more concretely than when you actually trust him with your finances. So listen for God's leading and make that commitment. And we'll have a chance to do that in a little while. And then do something that matters. As Jared reminded us last week, you have one life. Let's offer it well. What in this season of life is God calling you to do that would make a difference? And you can do so much. And when we do it together, we can make great impact. So that's awesome. So I want to encourage you today. I hope this is uplifting and encouraging. Sort of like people on the, on the ground looking up at you as you're swinging, saying, you can do this. Come on, go for it. You won't be sorry. Hebrews 10, 24 is, a, is an encouraging verse for us that way. It says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. I love that. Stir. Let's stir the pot a little bit. Can I stir the pot a little bit today? I hope you get stirred up. 
Sometimes we just get a little comfortable, like stew that just settles and the stuff's on the bottom. And we need to get stirred up a little bit. And the Bible says we can do that for each other when we come together. Some are in the habit of not meeting, but we're here and we're going to encourage each other. And it's important because the time is drawing short. So let's stir each other up. Because we get a little comfortable sometimes. So one of the things that's on our plate as we look at a new year of ministry in front of us in your own life and at Mountain, obviously, is our fifth campus at Aberdeen, which is one of the things we're excited about. And that's one of the ways that we can all take a dare is to say, how will I be involved? Because there's a place for everyone to be involved. Through serving, for example, some are going to need to go be part of the launch team. That's what happened when we launched Abingdon. Some went. That's awesome. Some are going to need to stay put right where you are and serve at whatever campus you're at. And we need that now too. And some are going to step out of the the shadows and out of the woodwork and step into ministry because some who are at a campus now that go to the new launch team are going to leave a ministry slot that needs to be filled. And so we need that now as well. Whether Whether you go to be part of the launch, whether you stay where you are or step up to fill a hole... All of it is, is, is very, very important. So let's stir one another up to, the, to those things. And uh, we've been paying attention through video every week to, to a group of friends that we've kind of gotten to know by now uh, from the Abingdon campus who, who uh, are just going to talk to us now about some of their decisions about serving and taking the dare. And let's listen in and you be thinking about your own steps right now. You guys, you've been, you've got different stories. You guys have been around a long time. Tell about how long you've been at the church and you're going along here. And then this idea of Abingdon gets thrown out there and you're in on it. How'd you get to Mountain? And then why'd you jump in on Abingdon? Well, yeah, I've been at Mountain a little while. Um, I'm 32 now, so I've been at Mountain a little over 32 years. <laughs> um, so I was born into the Mountain community and been hanging around ever since and we actually met at Mountain. Once uh, Abingdon came along, they they said, hey, we're launching this new campus, we need people to go and we joined that group and said, yeah, we're in. I heard that the Abingdon campus was getting launched and my parents, we were like, yeah, we'll just stay here. And we were gonna stay at the Mountain Lakes campus and then Sarah Fox, who knew our family, um, she was like, you should come. So we came I saw Joel here, and I knew Joel from Mount Lake campus, and I plugged in with Joel, and um, I've been serving the kids every Sunday since, and now I'm the large group leader for the elementary kids, um, also the service leader every single Sunday. So you're a large group, you're up front, you're telling the Bible story? And Everything. Yeah, you know, God's already at work in Aberdeen, okay? It's not like God, He's going to show up when we get there, but we're going to come in and do and bring everything we can to that community and we know and believe God's going to make a difference and that what I love is that there's something to take the dare for everybody. You guys probably heard how we um, were going to announce the uh, location of the campus. I'll never forget this. Eliza's sitting on the front row, basically the front row, um, over at the Mountain Road campus and I'm speaking on Saturday night and I'm leading up to this, hey tonight we're going to announce this, whatever she's like, she's like come on, come on, come on. I went down during the video, I said, Eliza, I said, Eliza, why don't you come up on stage and tell people why you're so excited? I didn't know what was going on, but I knew it was a cool story. While the video was playing, it's like in that moment, looking back on it um, and thinking on it, it's, it's, it's almost as if everything that we've been talking about 
culminated into what could happen there in Aberdeen. The feeling of home, the feeling of worship, the feeling of hope, the feeling of you know, faith and, and bringing Jesus joy to that area. And um, you know, the fact that it's gonna be an epicenter and you know, serving the community and <laughs> certainly there's no questions. I'm sent already, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm there. God is there in, in 2020 to uh, join the Aberdeen campus. <laughs> that, that is, and I, have, I feel that prompting because God is getting ready to do it all over again. You know, he did it in Allendon and he's just setting the stage. He already started the work in Aberdeen, but look, look the amazing work that he has done in Allendon and he's ready to just kind of redo it again. God's at work in our lives and he's using this church to do it. When you take a dare, you're, 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 you're acknowledging there's a risk involved, something that feels a little outside of your comfort zone, and, and yet you know there's a reward for it. If you take a dare, it's like, oh boy, do I want to do this or not? And then you do. And the beauty is when you take a dare with God, you're always, you're always going to be glad you did. Whoever you are and kind of whatever you're good at, there's a place for you to use it for the Lord. So as we lean into uh, this year and as the year begins to roll on, I just want to encourage you to take a dare with the way that you serve. And that's one way that every single one of us can find a spot and a place, whatever, whoever you are, whatever you're good at, there's a place for you to use it for the Lord. When you throw it in with the little bit that everyone else throws in, we have a lot to offer. So your time and your talent really, really matter. That's one way I want to stir you up today. Another way that we want to stir one another up today is to remind ourselves how important it is that we each go on an individual journey of asking God what to give. No one's going to tell you a number or sort of dictate to you the percentage that's right for you. You're, you've got to have a relationship with God where what you decide to give to God speaks to that relationship. That's what he wants. So that's why we've worded it the way we have. It's not just because the, the word dare had an A and we couldn't think of anything else. Ask God is a powerful spiritual principle. And so I really want to encourage you to do it. And I'll be honest with you, it's absolutely true as we gather and collect, you know, these cards today. We absolutely need finances for everything that Mountain does in our ministries here at all of our campuses. Of course we do. We're 100%. Everything we, we do is funded by the generosity of people who love Mountain and believe in the Lord in that way and, and give that way. But by far, and I mean this with the utmost sincerity, by far the most significant thing that happens when we do an exercise like this, when we ask God and we go on a journey and then we kind of try to discern something and then write it down and turn it in or something of that nature, by far the most significant thing that happens is not the ministry that we do for others, it's what God does in us. And I hope that you recognize the importance of that because there is no area that will grow your faith forward more strongly or more rapidly than when you grow in this area of generosity and respond to God's promptings in this area. It truly is more about what God wants for you than what he wants from you. Don't be fooled 
by some of our, I guess, resistance to the notion of giving. God wants us to trust him and have a relationship, and there's just nothing that will draw us closer to him than this kind of a a decision to take a faith flyer in our finances. And I know, I know, trust me, I know that whenever we talk this and we get to commitment weekends and things, some are going to get defensive or cringy or tense or negative and talk about it. But you know who doesn't feel that way? Anyone who's trusted Christ with their finances. Just who, who is in a process of trusting God because they've experienced the joy the sense of provision, the sense of confidence. They're almost like evangelistic about it. Oh, please, everyone's got to try this. They know what Jesus said is true. It's better to give than just receive. So I want to encourage everyone, no matter who you are, however old or young or new to the faith or whatever your finances are, somewhere or other, turn in a card today. Take that sticker with you as a reminder of all the promises you're making to a promise-keeping God about how you're going to take the dare. Let me give you a couple of, of uh, reminders and some biblical counsel on this, and then uh, we have that announcement we want to make. First of all, maybe you heard about the chicken and the pig that were trying to think of something nice they could do for Farmer Brown. You heard this? Like, what could we do for Farmer Brown? And the chicken comes up with a great idea. The chicken says, I know, why don't we just make him a nice breakfast of like, let's say, bacon and eggs. And the, the pig thought about that for a second and said, you know, that sounds like a good idea, but you know, for you, that's just a contribution, but me, that's a real commitment. You see, there's a difference in the kinds of things we bring to the offering, isn't there? There's a difference. You know, for, for, for the chicken, it was sort of like, here's another egg, I'll probably have another tomorrow. It was a contribution, but it really wasn't transformative. It wasn't a commitment necessarily like it was for the pig. And I wonder, as we think about our own lives, our time, our talent, and our treasure, do we give more like a chicken or more like a pig? Who God calls us to give our whole lives to him. So I want to remind us that Whenever we're talking about giving to the Lord, it's always a matter of your heart, your relationship with God. Some of you have situations where you're taking care of an aging parent, you're, you're, you're paying for the tuition of a neighbor's or a relative's kid to go to college, or you're, you've got unusual expenses. You don't have to worry about, you know, you're the only one who knows that, except God knows it. God knows your situation, so he's looking just at our hearts. You don't have to be afraid about committing, but, but putting skin in the game and to, with a God who understands our exact situation. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 is a good one for us to remember. It's Paul giving some counsel to some other friends, which is good words for us, when he says, you must each, so like every one of us is in on the play, each of you should decide in your own heart how much to give. That way you won't give reluctantly or in response to pressure because you, you'll have had a conversation with God. Ask God and decide in your own heart because God loves a cheerful giver. And verse 8 reminds us, as he goes on, to say that God is, what's the word? Able. Some of us need to remember God is able to generously provide what? All you need. All you need. So that then you will always have everything you need and, here's the point, have plenty left over to share with others. Some of us are afraid that God won't take care of our needs, but we're reminded that God is able. And then the scriptures remind us that the reason God provides is so that we can do something for others. 
so that we can be blessed and then be a blessing. Verses 11 and 12 says, yes, you're going to be enriched in every way so that you can be generous. If you've been enriched, that's the reason. And when we take our gifts to those who need, they were getting ready to, to make their offering, to make their commitment. And he says, when you do that, those people are going to thank God. They're not going to thank you. They're going to thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. You're going to really meet some needs and do some ministry. Yes, but they're going to joyfully express their thanks to God. So you see, that's what we're called to do as well. Yes, we're going to do some ministry for all of Mountain. We're going, to, we're going to solve addictions. We're going to help kids. We're going to do a new campus, all this stuff, yes. But it's also going to cause other people to be drawn to God and to thank God, and you get the lift in the process as well. So verse 13 says this as a, as a close. It says, as a result of your ministry, giving is a ministry, as a result of this gift, they're going to give glory to God for your generosity to them and all the believers will prove that you're obedient to the good news of Christ. It, it, that's how you prove. You can talk it, but you can prove it by this kind of ministry. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given you. There are people, we need to have a vision of the future. There are people that you don't know, whose names you may never know, as you look into the future, who will look back and they'll have deep affection. I don't know who it was who gave those kind of gifts, who made this ministry, but it's changed my life. And I'm so grateful to God and I have affection for those people. That's what the Bible is teaching us, just to have that kind of vision. So as Carla and I have been thinking about, you know, what we're going to put on our you know, we, we have the same no automatic process. It's like anyone else. We have to think that through and ask God, and I don't hear a voice. I don't, I don't know how to do it other than sort of look at my finances and think about where my heart would be and register with God. There's been a scripture that's been very, very um, thought-provoking for me, and I want to share it with you in the hopes that it will be the same for you. It's one we don't talk about a lot. It's from the book of Colossians chapter 1. Paul the Apostle was, was running around um, starting new churches. And one of the new churches he started was in a little city called Colossae. And these were eager new believers who took very quickly to the message of Jesus as their Lord, their Savior, the forgiver of their sins. And they bought in and they started a little church and Paul says, awesome, and he leaves. After he left, some other folk came in who said things like, well, it's nice that you have Jesus and all, but you know, you need a little something more. You need a little more knowledge. There's a deeper fullness to your life that you're missing, and we can provide that for you. There's always people in the church who like to play a spiritual one-upsmanship game, who always have a little more depth than the normal Christians, you know. And that's exactly what was going on in that time. And Paul hears about it. He's very concerned. And so he writes this letter while he's in prison to help them, encourage them to not be fooled and to remember Jesus is enough and he's sufficient. And the way he does it is he says, I want you to remember who Jesus is. But when he draws their attention now, he doesn't point them back to the manger. He doesn't point them back to his teaching. He doesn't point them even to the cross. What he does is he says, I want you to imagine Jesus as this sufficient supreme. He says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, he says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. That's who he is. Remember, that's who Jesus is. He's God. 
And he, that means he existed before anything. He wasn't born in a manger. That's when he came to earth. But he was before anything else, and he is the one who created, and he is what? What's the word? Hello, what's the word? He is what? Supreme. Supreme. Christ has supremacy over all creation. He's first. He's above all. Verse 16 says, through him God created everything. And he names things like the heavenly realms down on the, down on the earth and made things that we can see, things we can't say. Thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities and the unseen world. In other words, everything is through him and for him and by him. Let Jesus be big like that. When you get your eyes on a big Jesus like that, then the threats and the challenges and the problems we face come down to size. And remember that Jesus is supreme and to be first in everything. He goes on to say in verse 17, Jesus existed before anything else. And he holds, listen, he holds all creation together. He didn't just create the things that we see. He's the glue and so biologists and, and astronomers and astrophysicists and, and, and quantum physicists have been studying for generations the, the sort of invisible principles by which science and the world and all things cohere and stick together and, and operate on these principles as if there was a mind behind it all. And the Bible, long before the scientific era, says, I got a name for the thing that holds everything together. You know who it is? It's Jesus holding all things together, the flapping wings of a hummingbird, the way your eyeball functions, and the shooting stars and galaxies spinning around all of it are Jesus, y'all. It's Jesus. In verse 18, he says, and not only that, he's the head of us, the church. He's, he, he's, he's the head. We're like a body, and he's the nerve center. He's the beginning, and he is supreme over everyone who rises from the dead. He's the firstborn, and he is the first in everything. And he goes on to say some amazing things about his reconciling work. Friends, I, I just think when we read a passage like that, it's just a great reminder of the supremacy of Christ. We don't talk enough about it. So that all things are by him and through him and to him and for him. And it puts everything in perspective. And so as I'm thinking about what to put on my card, I want to be able to give to the Lord in a way that reflects who he is. Not just in the universe and in the church, but in my life. Like he's the driver, like all things are to him and for him and through him and by him. The driver. So does my life, my ministry, my, my intentions, my prayer, my giving, does it reflect the supremacy of Christ in my life? And sometimes we don't, aren't able to give that way because we get sucked into other things. Have you ever been in a situation where, like Carl and I have, where it's like we wanted to make a financial commitment to something, and we said, well, golly, you know, we could do that. We could buy that car but if we do, something else is going to have to change. You know what I'm talking about, those decisions where you say, if we do that, then something else has to change. We can go ahead and get into this house, but looking at the numbers, the mortgage, something else is going to have to change. We could do it, but you know, when we make those kind of financial decisions all the time because something is a driver. And if we're not careful, some of those drivers are so real for us that pretty much our whole financial picture, sometimes our whole world, kind of everything is kind of to it, for it, through it, and by it, right? 
kind of circles around that. And what if, the Bible is reminding us, what if instead of sort of giving what we can afford to give, what if instead of planning our giving based on our finances that seem more real, we let Jesus be the most real thing, the most supreme thing in our life, and then we planned our finances based on our giving. We said, I'm going to give to God who's supreme in my life in such a way that, wow, something else is going to have to change. Instead of giving what we can afford based on what's left over after things that seem more real than Jesus get taken care of. And that's exactly what God wants from me and from you. And I want to encourage you to give like that in a way that would put God first in your life. As you do so, remember this. God's way more concerned about why you give than what you give. He's way more concerned about our hearts. He's way more concerned about our hearts than he is about the amount that you give. He's much more concerned uh, about the priority that he has in your life than the percentage that you pick. It's, it's way more important that you get this. But this is an opportunity for those who love the Lord and want to honor him and express that in a way that he teaches us to by devoting some of your finances to him and trust as you take that flyer that you'll experience the joy of the catch. So, in a moment, we'll have an opportunity to do that. I said there was an exciting announcement to make. Now's the time to make it. Instead of me making it right now to you, I'm going to invite you to watch the screen. Well, Mountain Family, God has called us to dare to dream. And we're taking the dare. And part of that means we're launching a campus, our fifth campus, in Aberdeen, Maryland. You know, the role of campus pastor is really critical to the success of any of our campuses, but it's especially pivotal to the success of the launch of this new campus in Aberdeen. So it's important we find the right person who, who can build teams and lead people and who, who can get their arms around the complexity of a multi-site world and who loves the epicenter model and is eager to embrace that and and someone who loves the community of Aberdeen, and someone who just, when you cut them, they just bleed mountain, our vision, our values, and what we're all about. So we've conducted a nationwide search. We've gone high and low to try to find the kind of person that we can quickly embrace, someone who will fit perfectly, and that we can easily rally behind, who will just thrive and really help that campus flourish. It's been a very thorough process. We've received dozens of resumes, We've conducted lots of interviews and had conversations and reference checks. And you know, in God's funny way of doing things, he has led us full circle back to our own house, to someone who's already been part of the Mountain family, someone who has already dived in deeply with the work we're doing here, someone who's prayed up, revved up, and fired up to handle the challenge of the Aberdeen campus. And so I'm super pumped, Mountain family, to be able to introduce to you today that campus pastor for the Aberdeen campus, and it's Luis Machado. A lot of you at Mountain already know Luis, and if you know anything about him, you know he's super enthusiastic. He just loves large. He loves the Lord. He loves his family. He loves Mountain. He loves people, and it's kind of contagious. But he's also got a servant's heart. He, he's one who jumps in and isn't afraid to work hard wherever there's work to do. He's already shown leadership at Mountain in lots of ways. He's taken some leadership in our sports ministry. He's been an integral part of our kids' ministry. You may recognize him from leading the Sir Blessing videos, which gave him an opportunity to build such great relationships all over Aberdeen. 
He's been leading in our small groups. He's led some mission trips. Luis and his wife, Carrie, and their daughters, Lila and Sayuri, they're just a servant family. We're so excited for them. One of the most endearing qualities about Luis is just his love for people. He loves people who are far from God. He loves people who are hurting, kids. He loves everybody. And he's excited about the epicenter and what God's going to do with that great partnership. He's got a great knack for connecting with Latinos. And he has a heart for connecting with people with a military background. He'll be retiring himself from the military in just a couple of months. God's timing has just been perfect on this from the beginning to the end. So he brings all that experience and leadership from that world. But you know, the thing I probably appreciate as much as anything about Luis is his deep commitment to the Lord. He's 100% sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ, to his church, and to Mountain. I think you're going to appreciate that a lot with him at the helm. So it's time to help out and welcome him and carry in any way we can and to be asking ourselves, what's my part in doing all I can to take the dare to launch the Aberdeen campus? But for now, let's just do everything we can to rally behind him and welcome them. And I want you to meet them right now, Luis and Carrie Machado. And we do mean right now. Here they are. <laughs> These are the Machados. Hey, I got more good news for you all, okay? So Carrie, you're going to have a seat. Um, Carrie, as many of you will know, is our kids pastor here at Mountain Road Campus, where I am now, and she has agreed to take the role as kids pastor at the Aberdeen campus and build that thing from the ground up. So we've got two of our pastors already lined up for this. Great. We're so excited. Welcome. All right, Ben. Thank you. We are super excited. We are ready all in and ready to take this challenge in Aberdeen. Uh, God has been orchestrated this since months ago. And just like you saw in the video, it's so nice to see how um, God put it all together uh, in all these months. Uh, we are humble for the opportunity. Humble to see ourselves in that community um, so big. So we, we actually going to be actually moving into the community at the end of the school year for the girls. We are packing our stuff and we actually going and be in for and by the community of Aberdeen. So we are all in, guys. Um, but this is a sacrifice for us. But it takes a whole village mm -hmm. of, of volunteers and staff to come and and uproot and go to Aberdeen. So if you are part of the of the Aberdeen community, we are so pumped that you are here, but also pumped that you're actually going to go with us. I ho we hope that you go with us if you live in that community, because we do believe that um, worship, um, where, you, where, where you live and serve, where, where actually you worship. So if that, we're going to have tons of opportunities for the people that live in Aberdeen to be able to jump in the board, jump, take the dare, and jump with us into the Aberdeen community. Um, it's a, uh, more information is going to come um, on Actually, March 23rd is going to be one of the, our first um, vision gatherings. And you could text uh, or go to the website on the screen and get plugged in, mark it that you want to get some information about this new campus, and we're going to reach out and get, get you more information. We need to build the launch team and, and build the community. I'm, I'm eager to see and build those relationships with the community. So take it there. Um, so what is, what is, what, what's God prompting you to do uh, at this moment? Super excited. Jump aboard. We are all in. All right, awesome. Let's show our appreciation one more time for the Machados. Thank you, guys. We love you. All right. 
So that's exciting. We're, we're really stoked about it. You can tell he's got a little enthusiasm. Uh, he's a great guy. If you haven't got a chance to know him, I hope you do. Um, so let's, let's go ahead and, and draw our attention back to, um, to that trapeze guy. I don't know about you, if I'm up there and I'm supposed to be taking one of those flyers and let go and fly and all that, I got, I got one big question. I want to know this. Who's the catcher? Right? You don't want someone who's like uh, on-the-job training, right? You don't want someone who's never done it before. You don't want someone on their cell phone over there. You don't want someone with noodle arms. You don't want someone with like me over there. You, I want the rock. That's who I want. I want Dwayne Johnson on that thing, and I want his big fat hands out there ready to get you know what here's what the bible says is that when you trust god you've got a rock that is higher than dwayne johnson a rock that is higher than anything a strong rock of a foundation of jesus christ who will never fail us he's the promise keeper he's the way maker and so we come to that moment where we put ourselves to into the strong hands of jesus as we think about how we're going to do something that matters and ask God what to give. Turn in these cards and commit to reach out to someone and just encounter them in ongoing ways that are fresh. So we, we believe this is a moment that should be taken seriously. And so we've created a little space here for us just to have a moment to get clarity, confirmation uh, on what we're going to write on our cards. And we're going to sing together a song that we love around here called Waymaker. Just use it as a time to reflect and worship and bring your heart to a posture of serenity and surrender before the Lord. Let it be your defining moment. And then in a moment, uh, campus pastors will come after we sing a little bit and they'll lead us into the moment where we'll pass those offering bags and you can put in your prayer requests and connection cards and regular offerings and tithes and also that card, tear it in half and put the part in there as your, as your way of exalting the supremacy of Christ in our midst. So we'll sing. And then campus pastors will guide us. So servers, if you'll take your places during the song and be ready in a moment, let's pray, and then we'll sing together. God, we thank you for being a way maker for us. And we pray now that as we're tempted to keep swinging and clinging the way we are, that you will help us to trust you in all things. And so now we offer to you our very lives. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen.